Missouri basketball sitting pretty after a win over Iowa State. Let's talk about that Cyclones game and how the rest of the season is looking to shape up and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that's easy for me to say. A little bit of a later start to this edition of Locked On Mizzou today and after dark edition if you will. So thanks for being patient with me here today on this evening. And congratulations to Nick Bolton, who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl coming up. Of course, the Chiefs advanced yesterday and plenty of good plays in the running game, I thought, for Nick yesterday. But I'd say the less said about that Joe Burrow juke in the open field, the better. And by the way, according to Dave Matter, Bolton can become the sixth Missouri Tiger to win and start in the Super Bowl, joining Andy Russell, Eric Wright, Otis Smith, Kendall Blanton, and of course, the immortal Mike Jones, who saved the Super Bowl for the St. Louis Rams about 23 years ago now. So, congrats to Nick, and of course, congrats to my Kansas City Chiefs, and hopefully yours as well. But you know what? Let's talk some Missouri basketball here. Obviously, another, not only... Impressive victory, but a really fun outing at Mizzou Arena once again for this Tiger basketball fan. And well, before we get to the Iowa State game specifically, since it's been a couple days now, let's actually think toward the future. Let's think about the remaining schedule here. Of course, Missouri plays LSU on Wednesday, and I would say that's one of five home games that I think really Missouri should expect to win down the stretch here exactly five games left at Mizzou Arena and I really think Missouri should be favored to win each and every one of them LSU's an easy one plus Missouri has Texas A&M left at home now that one that's controversial to say that Missouri should be favored there for sure but at the same time I just think that the way Missouri is playing basketball right now they're playing their best basketball, and I think the Mizzou Arena crowd is just going to keep filling up the arena, plus a Saturday crowd for Texas A&M. I just think Missouri should be favored in that ball game. But having said that, 5-0, and you go 5-0, and maybe 4-1 and at home for the rest of the season. Well, now you're looking at some home games that are pretty winnable, or excuse me, some away games that are pretty winnable as well. Mississippi State, I would say, is a toss-up. And you've also got a couple probable losses in Tennessee and Auburn, but a couple probable wins as well. I mean, real probable in Georgia and LSU. LSU just not playing great basketball right now whatsoever, and Georgia hasn't been great all year either. So to me, 
I really think that Mizzou winning 22, 23 ball games and maybe finishing with 10 or 11 wins in the SEC right now is looking like a very strong possibility. And if that's the case, I think you're looking like maybe a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. I think Missouri is certainly dangerous enough to advance. No question about that come March. And one thing I talked about leading up into the Iowa State game on Saturday is that the game meant more to Missouri. The Tigers, of course, more on the tournament bubble than Iowa State, certainly at this point. Iowa State has aspirations of actually winning its conference, where I feel like Missouri's aspirations should be something like getting a top four seed and a double bye in the SEC tournament at this point, and of course, getting into the into the big dance as well. But Iowa State kind of, let's just say, they sort of showed their hand a little bit, I thought, when they talked about, well, if Caleb Grill, if we have to play him a ton of minutes against Kansas State, which they ended up doing, ended up getting the victory over the Wildcats in Ames, well, they sort of said, hey, with his back injury, he might not be able to go against Missouri. And really, that was a smart thing to sit him, in my opinion. Just like Dennis Gates was probably smart to sit Kobe Brown against Alabama as well. You saw Kobe Brown's ankle flare up there a little bit in the second half. The crowd collectively groaned there, got really nervous. I know I did, that's for sure. And well, as I sort of pointed out there a couple minutes ago, this schedule lends itself to some opportunities for Kobe Brown to, to sit down again if necessary. Certainly South Carolina at home here on February 7th, possibly even this Wednesday against LSU, those are both games at home that Missouri should be able to win without Kobe Brown. On the other hand, Mississippi State, again, this coming Saturday on the road, there's a real toss-up game and one that could make a huge difference between Missouri getting a higher seed in the SEC versus sort of being in the middle and maybe getting in the 8-9 game in the big dance, that usual line that you want to avoid. So, to me, it'll be interesting to see how Dennis Gates manages his roster there. But to me, again, Caleb Grill, the great shooter for Iowa State, just him being sat there kind of told me that, eh, maybe Iowa State, this isn't this just doesn't mean quite as much as it did did does as it did to Missouri. The bottom line is though, even if Grill would have played for the Cyclones, pretty obvious it wouldn't have made that much of a difference because, well, Missouri got out-rebounded badly, once again, offensive rebounding-wise. 16 offensive rebounds for the Cyclones. The Tigers overall out-rebounded by about 15. And despite that, they win by 17. And obviously, that was on the back of excellent offense by Missouri. Just excellent shooting all the way around, getting to the line, knocking down threes. And, well, the three-pointers for Iowa State, 40% and shooting about the amount they usually do on the season. So, again, I don't know if the difference there was Caleb Grill for as much as I just talked about. Well, this game meant more to Missouri than it did the Cyclones. At the same time, I don't want anybody to make any mistake here. Missouri deserves a ton of credit for this victory, and they're going to get a ton of credit from the NCAA Tournament Committee. No doubt about that. And coming up, well, obviously Dennis Gates has been off to an absolutely unbelievable start here at Missouri, quite honestly. Well, there's still some things that, in my opinion, 
could be worked on. And yes, even Kobe Brown could have maybe done something slightly differently. So yes, let's nitpick away and talk just a little bit more about Saturday's ball game. But did you know that this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And we're really excited about partnering with FanDuel here at Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better because you can download FanDuel now and bet the Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to who will score the first touchdown. And you know what? Really? Just the line itself right now, Kansas City one and a half point underdogs. I don't think it'd be the craziest thing in the world to grab that right now. I don't really see that line getting a lot higher in terms of in the Eagles' favor at this point. But you know what? No matter what your opinions are on the big game, join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbooks partner of the NFL. Locked on is headed to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m., by the way, Eastern Time, 8 Central for most of you here listening to Locked On Mizzou. And by the way, to all you Locked On Mizzou listeners there, thank you for struggling through that first segment with me. I've been a little off my game just in general here the past two or three days. I don't know, some kind of stomach bug or something. I don't don't really know what's with me, but that segment really felt like a, a struggle for me. So thank you for struggling through it with me and sticking with me here on Locked on Mizzou. But you know what? Let's nitpick the Missouri Tigers a little bit. I know it hurts. I think they do everything perfectly as well. But actually, not really, because sometimes there's just things that I want to improve. And one of them, in the second half, I noticed Kobe Brown, for as much as I talk about, hey, Missouri's going to lose the rebounding battle here. Well, I think there's little things that Missouri can do to put themselves in better position. And it has less to do with style on offense. I don't want them to change any of that or their lineups or play bigger necessarily or anything like that. But I noticed in the second half that Kobe Brown being the the dutiful man that he is, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's he's following Dennis Gates' instructions to a T. So I'm not blaming Kobe here whatsoever, and I'm not even really blaming the coaching staff. I'm just saying, let's rethink this a little bit. Kobe Brown fronting number 12 there for the Cyclones, Robert Jones, who... By the way, if you've followed SEC and Big 12 basketball, just major basketball, I should say, this season, I've watched Iowa State a little bit, and Robert Jones has really struggled the last few games here. Not not a guy who's playing with great confidence. I think you could see that a little bit at Mizzou Arena on Saturday. So to me, 
the point of fronting a guy is because, well, obviously you don't want to get him the basketball. To me, if you're Missouri, I'm daring you to throw Robert Jones the basketball and run your offense through him. Honestly, please, that seems like a victory if you're Mizzou. And frankly, I would just play behind there for rebounding purposes because that's the thing. If you're going to even half front somebody, even if it's not a full-on front, you don't have your entire body in front of the guy. Maybe you just have kind of half your body in front of him for folks who don't know what a half front is or a three-quarter front. That just means your entire body isn't trying to be between the basketball and the guy in the rim. No, you just have maybe you're on his side and you've got an arm in front of his chest. Well, that's obviously makes it harder than when the shot gets up to get between your man and the basket so you can rebound the ball. Well, just a simple thing there, but to me, unless you're playing against the rare back to the basket dynamo in college basketball these days, why not just play behind everything in the post? I don't know, maybe that's just me talking here because that's how I liked to play basketball back in the day. But for Missouri in particular, considering the deficit they have on the glass, maybe just try that and see how it goes. I would also say that switching almost every ball screen, as Missouri seems to switch the majority of them, well, that one of the problems with that, one of the downsides of switching everything, is rebounding as well. And it is certainly a give and take. I'm not even saying that this is wrong, just something to keep in mind is that, well, if Isaiah Mosley, for example, or Nick Honor, a smaller player, has to suddenly switch onto a bigger player, even if they don't throw the ball into the paint and take advantage of that supposed perceived mismatch in the post, it almost certainly is going to be a mismatch on the glass. And I think that as much as maybe size has at times caused Missouri to be out of position on the glass. But having said that, I do feel like Kobe Brown deserves a lot of credit in the second half in particular. It really just felt like he took it upon himself to just get all the rebounds he possibly could. So just an excellent job by him. A little bit more nitpicking maybe. I thought, first of all, how about some credit to Dennis Gates? I thought our time, our plays that were designed out of timeouts have been really good this year. In particular, on Saturday, it just seems like every time Missouri came out of a timeout against Iowa State, they had purpose and executed quite well, even if the shot didn't necessarily go in. On the other hand, defensively, I thought our baseline inbounds defense left something to be desired. It felt like we were just getting sucked in too far to the baseline, which just allowed Iowa State at times some easy passes into three-point shooters that we're just too wide open for my liking, and I'm sure for Dennis Gates' liking too. So that seems like something that definitely might be rethought. And coming up, as well as Isaiah Mosley has started to play lately and obviously is getting more comfortable seemingly with each and every game here as of late, well, there is one part of his game from Missouri State that hasn't really translated yet, much to my surprise. So let's talk about that right after these quick words. While it's obviously been nice to see Isaiah Mosley start to get acclimated with the Tigers, he's been a gigantic boost to the entire team, well, I still don't think we've seen the best version 
of Isaiah yet. And part of that is obvious. I think you can just go right to his three point numbers. He's just not, hasn't shot the three overall quite as well. He's shooting 27% this year compared to 41% on a lot of attempts, by the way, last year at Missouri State, 38% the year before. So certainly last year's numbers weren't a fluke at all. But to me, which what's somewhat concerning, or at least starting to be a little bit concerning at this point, is Isaiah Mosley used to get to the line quite a bit. In fact, that was a big part of his game was getting to the free throw line. And why not? He's a really good foul shooter. In fact, he shot 90% from the line last season on a lot of attempts. But this season, again, a hundred, let's see, a hundred and thirty-one attempts last season before Isaiah Mosley and made ninety percent of them. Pretty darn good. That's an important part of any player's game. This season, though, Isaiah has only shot eight free throws the entire year. Now, yes, he sat out a long time, hasn't played nearly as many minutes as you might have expected, but still, he's six for eight at the free throw line on the entire season. That's pretty hard to believe. Now, just to give you an idea of how shockingly low that is, well, Kobe Brown's probably the best foul drawer on the team when you consider how many minutes he's played, the amount of possessions that he uses. Well, basically, for every 10 field goal attempts that Kobe Brown has, basically he's going to attempt about four free throws. So a four to 10 ratio there. Now, Demoy Hodge, on the other hand, he's about a two to 10. He's about the lowest on the team in terms of free throw rate, except for, well, Isaiah Mosley, who is a 0.7. So he's a third of what Demoy Hodge is. He's the second lowest free throw rate guy on the team. We all know Hodge is pretty much just a catch and shoot kind of player not getting into the paint and trying to get to the line well Mosley just even shockingly lower than Demoy Hodge so I'm not really sure what to say about that I don't know if maybe Mosley is settling for that floater a little bit too often maybe from long distance don't get me wrong I like the floater but maybe from 15 feet we don't need it that kind of thing maybe we could draw a little bit more contact Not really sure what to say there. Maybe it's just a weird statistical fluke and a product of him still getting acclimated to SEC basketball, the program, all of that. Obviously hasn't been an ideal start for him, but a pretty darn ideal start for the Missouri Tigers so far. No question about that. And almost to the point where it makes me feel bad about nitpicking this basketball team, but damn it. That's what I do here. So, you know what? Thanks for joining me on this journey. As always here, often five days a week. I can't promise five, but that is the goal here on Locked on Mizzou. And again, thanks for making it your first listen. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Big name experts, coaches, players throughout the college hoops landscape. That's Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.